Hello and welcome to Camp Scary and Squee, a podcast that tests my theory that every horror movie exists on a scale of divine camp to pure terror. I'm your host Damien and each week I'm joined by a guest who brings a horror movie for discussion, dissection and classification on the Camp Scary scale. My guest this week describes his perfect horror movie as something that doesn't take itself too seriously, playing with the tropes of the genre has gratuitous and hunky body shots, and at least one epic kill scene. Welcome, Dave McAuliffe. How are you doing? I am doing really well, Damien, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on this week to talk about something very exciting. But before we get started, what has been haunting you this week? Well, there's been a few things haunting me this week, uh, Damien, and I was trying to decide which which one. So I'm going to give you my top two. The first one being the hairstyles in Melbourne. Uh, it has been two months uh, without hairdressers being open, and uh, I'm glad, as I said, that this is a, um, a podcast and not a video cast because I'm not looking uh, too good. My second one is my PhD. Uh, oh, I've been at the. I started a PhD in the last um, three months, and I'm at the point where I need to make a decision on uh, the topic that will uh, be my bedfellow for the next three years. Uh, so that's been that's been scaring me. Yeah, something that's just sort of hanging over you while you have to make a big decision. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I want to give you the honors. Uh, what film have you chosen? For us to to talk about this week so this week we are talking about an australian film called little monsters and i will um i will uh, um not, not apologize because it's an absolute film uh absolutely great film um which i've now watched three times um came out in 2019 um but it's more of a it's more of a rom-com dressed up as a zombie horror yeah, I, I think that's pro- <laughs> probably a good way to put it. Um, so, as you said, released in 2019, but some other quick stats. Uh, written and directed by Abe Forsyth, starring uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Alexander England, Cat Stewart, Diesel La Tarocca, who's that kid that plays Felix, who's a bit of a powerhouse. Yes, he is. <laughs> and Josh Gad, who is Teddy McGiggle. Um, there's, I couldn't find any financial information on this so it has had quite uh, quite strong critical success but i could not tell you if it's been a financial success yeah this is an it's a it's an interesting uh it's a, an interesting makeup of the cast because it's a mix of uh some people who um are pretty much not well known or only known locally um and then uh some people who are pretty have done pretty well in their careers uh in the us like lapita uh is in star wars black panther 12 years a slave she's had such a great career um career she's an amazing amazing actress josh gad as well has uh has done um quite a few um quite a, f- a few Hollywood um, films and series. And he's a great actor. Um, so I fa- I actually found the mix of um, of actors in this film uh, quite quite strange. Yeah, it's, it, it is an interesting mix. Um, interesting, like, because Josh Gad, many people would probably know from his time in the Book of Mormon as well. 
which yeah. is kind of, I don't know if it was his breakout, but it was kind of where I first noticed him was, yeah, this, and he, he came and helped with the opening in Australia. So the first time I saw it was mm. with him. Yeah. And did you see him in uh, Avenue 5? Avenue 5? Yeah, Avenue Five, great series with Hugh Laurie, um, and it's a uh, it's it's a sci-fi uh, basically about um, a um, a space shuttle uh, for all these rich people who kind of go on what's supposed to be I think a two week a two week space tour, and they get uh, uh, something goes wrong and they get stuck um, out there for three years, and Josh Gad plays the uh, the billionaire. Um, owner of the uh of the starship he he does have like kind of a born into money character vibe that he can play yeah well Uh, (laughs) before we kick off i should share the imdb description uh which is a washed up musician teams up with a teacher and a kids show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies and a quick spoiler warning as well that we're about to talk about this film and so we're probably going to talk about what happens. Uh, do you want to get us started? I thought, you know, since we no longer work together and no longer volunteer on committees together, for anyone who's looking for the history of how Dave and I know each other, um, <laughs> we talk about film and TV a lot. I would say it's probably the the topic that we go to when we catch up. But I should say our conversations office often centre around the men in the film and television yes. that we're watching. So was Alexander England kind of your motivation for bringing this to us today? <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, Alexander it too England is definitely a motivation. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's definitely a motivation, I have to, to say. Um, uh, if, uh, for anyone listening, if you don't know who Alexander England, Google. Um, no, my motivation, and and I came across this film. Uh, so I, um, I've been watching shows on on binge, and uh, I don't know if you have binge, but it has this really annoying feature that if you don't stop a film right when it finishes, it automatically goes onto something it randomly chooses for you. And most of mo- most of the time, the uh, random choices that it makes are pretty bad. And this was one that came up randomly, and I had forgotten to rush to uh, to stop it. And as soon as it started, it drew me in. And usually um, it's rare that I find Australian films that draw me in uh, for, uh, straight, straight away. And this one, this one did. And so when, um, when you asked me to choose a film, I was going to go to kind of my classics like uh, Scream and Alien and uh, those films. And then uh, I, I, rem- I remember this film and I thought, Let's put it. Let's put an Aussie film in the in the mix because it's rare that Aussie films get get good um, uh, accolades. Mm. Uh, so let's let's bring yeah. it in. Well, as you said, like it, it really draws you in at the beginning because we the the setup of this, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a traditional zombie film setup. We the setup is the the ending of a relationship and it's quite kind of explosive. Uh, you know, public public arguments. Um, <laughs> but it, it gives us a real sense of our of our main character, um, also called Dave. I was like, I've written Dave, but that's your name. It's also his name. 
<laughs> it's, it was, I have to say one of the other things that threw me in is that they kept, uh, he kept being refer, uh, referred to as Uncle Dave and I'm Uncle Dave to my, uh, to my niece, niece and nephews. They're like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's so like an instant, instant kind of interpolation of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we, it's like this very different setup and I, like the arguments that he's having with his, his girlfriend, Sarah, I like, well, like, I guess what we get here is we don't just get the arguments. We also get him fe- feeling really kind of like he's, uh, he's kind of failed at life a bit. You know, you see him busking yeah. in the street and the cops sending him on his way. The argument about, was it about lentils or quinoa or something like that? in the shops yeah and in the and uh, i i just said uh, the the line the line that i, I remember um his i know the difference between literal and figurative figurative language dave because yeah, he's <laughs> trying to like mansplain to her as she's saying yeah. i'm mean, literally he's like i think you mean figuratively uh which is that frustrating kind of we're having an argument you're just trying to like make me feel stupid to win yeah um but we get this I guess what is the setup, which is to set Dave up as a bit of a loser, um, mm, who's yeah really unhappy with where his life's going. He's just left. Well, he says he's left his his girlfriend, but you know he's been kicked out, um, and he's he's sleeping on his sister's couch. And his sister has her son Felix, and Felix is uh, I would say a pretty <laughs> precocious kid. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, a pretty amazing actor for um, someone someone that young. The way he delivers uh, his lines right throughout this film is kind of really kind of deadpan, um, but comical style is really good. Yeah. Um, You mean where he said the naked man punched Uncle Dave in the nose because Auntie Sarah has a slutty vagina. (laughs) Slutty vagina, yes. (laughs) Oh, the conversation that kids' parents would have had to have with him. Like, okay, you're about to say, (laughs) you cannot say this again. (laughs) But we do like, you know, it's kind of that thing where Dave's hit rock bottom, but he hasn't quite hit rock rock bottom. And they like, they double down and he goes back to propose to Sarah and she's having sex with, the real estate agent Rory, yeah, is um very new age, um but also quite tough. I actually thought Rory was a bit sexy. Like I, yeah. I know that they kind of picked someone. And they've gone, oh, you know, he's bald and da da da. But I don't know, he looked good. <laughs> Rory had game, um and poor poor Felix uh walked in t- with the sign for the proposal and saw Auntie Sarah having having a very good time on a chair exactly i assume that somehow they've like avoided most of the um, most <laughs> of the traumatizing moments that kid could have had in how they've filmed that there's a lot of shot reverse shot yeah like, yeah you're not in the same room no exactly exactly uh, and i do like about um that scene is where, where we get introduced there is a, a constant star wars theme that goes yes. um throughout and it it's always to me a good testament to um uh, to really good writing and really good directing where you see um, common themes in the dialogue coming through, like the the line uh, around staying in character. Uh, it just continues right throughout uh, the film, right up until, uh, up until uh, the end where he keeps saying to Felix, stay in character. Well, it starts out as like a, almost a way to deflect Felix's questions and by the mm. end it becomes a way to to protect Felix from the reality of what's going on. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, 
it it all something I'm sure we'll talk about. It's all about Dave's kind of character arc as he goes from this person who's lacking a bit of direction in life, goes through this quite intense experience to come out the other end as someone who's kind of found found a purpose or found something to to kind of drive them forward. Um, so we should say that there's this proposal. Dave catches Sarah. Um, getting it on with, getting it on with Rory. getting it on Ro uh, <laughs> Rory and Dave get into a bit of a scuffle and <laughs> Rory overpowers Dave what is it your dick's on my arm your sweaty dick <laughs> like good comedy I mean good comedy for us maybe might be a bit lowbrow for some but we're sort of we're, we're getting to a point where I guess something that's interesting because he's about to meet Miss Caroline, who's Felix's teacher. Um, yeah. And there's this thing, this ongoing theme about um, Miss Caroline, because Lupita Nyong'o like, is stunning. And it's like every dad on the playground has like tried, tried it on with her. <laughs> and um, I guess we're, we're kind of seeing this motivation, which I find quite strange, but I guess it shows where he's at as a character where he immediately goes, well, Sarah's dumped me. There's this beautiful woman in front of me. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go there. Well, and, like, in the most awkward, stupid way possible, like, he ends <laughs> up... Somehow he ends up on a school trip with them. Starts quoting the the Bible because he hears she's a Christian. <laughs> oh. And and, and takes, a, takes a guitar with him when he had no had no plan of, of playing anything. Yes. Oh, the guitar was weird. He's, like, showed up. He's, like, oh, I've got my guitar. And you're, like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also I, I, one of the things I found interesting I guess you know this is a horror film and we've just spent a good like 15 minutes of the film like the entire first act really isn't about zombies at all like if you no not at all an actually interesting question because you came into this maybe not quite realizing what it was yeah um, did when did you pick up that it was a zombie film um I picked up on it um well, actually, I didn't really pick up on on it until uh, after after that bus trip where you do where suddenly you know these American army guys pop pop up and you kind of think, wait a minute, why is there an army base in Sydney, uh, a U.S. army base uh, in Sydney? Uh, what is with these really fake uh, terrible American, American uh, accents? <laughs> accents. Uh, and zombies like, where did zombies come out I, I, I had in, uh, I had gone into it kind of thinking it was just a, it, it was yeah. going to be a rom-com and Hope, then suddenly zombies pop up love kind of rom-com yeah <laughs> it's, it's, there are kind of two schools of thought of zombie how, how to start a zombie film like there's the time bomb where you have that opening scene and they like you see the zombie threat and then it cuts to whoever the protagonist is in their normal life. And mm. you're like, Ooh, it's yeah. coming. This one, you know, it held it off. Like we didn't know. And it uh, eventually kind of turned into a zombie film, but it felt like it was almost like a different film that became a zombie film rather than a zombie film that had a love story in it. Yeah, exactly. I did find it interesting that these American soldiers that knew that there were zombies in this base, like just didn't seem to, take any precautions so like the zombie had bitten this woman one of them drove off and the other one just turned his back 
<laughs> I did find so uh, at, when I when I was rewatching the film, I, I was starting to get a little bit annoyed at the whole uh, the whole American um, and US uh, base in in Australia and kind of going throughout the film. Why why isn't there an Australian military? And why isn't there uh, Australian police uh, when there's a whole bunch of school kids um, being uh, being eaten by uh, zombies? And it made me wonder: did they um, uh, did they do this on purpose? So one, they could uh, bring out all of the Aussie Aussieisms um, that you couldn't oh, do yeah, if it was a pure. Every soldier just listing Australian animals. There are several yes, scenes where yes. there's just soldiers going echidnas, koala bears, <laughs> yeah. kangaroos. I'm just like, there was not like, like there's one scene where he's just listing them and then someone distracts yeah. him with actual work. And it's like, were you just yeah. sitting there listing out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I mean, there, there are, there are US forces in Australia. Isn't there a base in Darwin? where we have an exchange yeah, yeah yeah but it's also like it just makes it makes no sense that do you know actually i wonder if part of it is that they wanted to create the army as a kind of bumbling antagonist kind of thing and maybe they felt like doing it with the australian army for an australian film would be like oh you know people aren't going to be on board with that so let's yeah let's, that's... Get, let's get the americans who are not in vogue right now because they make really bad choices about leaders and (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i what what i came to is you know did they pick it just so they can make fun of the americans Mm. well and i guess it it adds like a a nice gag to to keep going back to those accents are terrible they are i think it's made worse in that they have josh gad on this who has a real american accent as well so you've got someone who you're like oh yeah like he's a character actor he's doing a character actor voice but also there's like that's what an american sounds like and then you get to these other people and you're just like "Mm, no oh no no and 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 i have to say what's what's probably worse in the american accents is the uh the zombie makeup Mm. is it's not where they spent their budget, definitely. No, in this film. <laughs> no. If we, if we knew what the budget was, that might help us make some sense of it. <laughs> Although I feel like a lot of the budget would have got on onto Lupita Nyong'o and and Josh Gad. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But there was uh, there, there was a couple of other theme, themes that came out that ran um, throughout the film uh, in those first couple of, couple of scenes. The first one was, uh, a very, very Aussie thing. Well, I don't know if it's probably a thing everywhere, uh, of making fun of the fat kid. Um, yes. Oh, I noticed that a few times, including when the soldier picks him up and goes, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which you, I find like, it's one of those things. It's, it's almost like, a early noughties Adam Sandler film kind of thing to be like, oh, let's make fun of someone's weight. And it's not, it's better when it's like, if you think of Eleanor Shellstrop in The Good Place, she makes fun of someone's weight and it's like, it's because she's a terrible person. In this one, you're like, oh, oh dear. Like, I think we're meant to be on the side of the person Mm -hmm. being mean. Well, actually, I, uh, Miss Caroline does, um, (laughs) does look at him. When when he makes fun of the the kid feeding the rabbit for being a bit big, he does um he does get a little bit of a scolding. 
yes. But they do run that joke a few times. He does. <laughs> and then when he, uh, they, they do. And when he, uh, and then he gets the big scolding uh, when he when he says, I've, "I've seen no evidence of your dad." Oh the, uh... yeah. <laughs> when he starts your mum joking the kids. Yes. That's very early in his arc when he's still a bit of a douche. No, he does. He does very well at the uh, start. Of, they do very well at the start of that film to make him look like an absolute ass. Yeah. Uh, but the other, the other one that I did notice in the in the army barracks, uh, which which is another theme throughout the film, is that the women in the film are really good at the violence, and the men are bumbling idiots. Yeah, that's true. They um, oh, look. I, I think it's something. I guess if we get to, they're on this farm. And uh, we meet Jimmy Giggle is there, which I found yes. really interesting. Uh, and he's a total creep, as is Frogsy, the, the sock puppet that is his sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something that we, we start to realise, so we should talk about how the zombies kind of, we will get to the, the women being really badass, but the, um, the zombie outbreak is kind of happening and we're having all these moments of tourists who, like, one of them... St- sees this zombie and decides to go get a photo with it. And then you don't see him get bitten, but you see the family freak out and like run and try and help. But I love how our protagonist and this group of kids discover the zombie because they've got the woman on the tractor doing the tour with her, like she's mic'd up and the tractor has like speakers in it so they can hear everything. And she sees a zombie eating a sheep, I think. And she yeah. like walks over and her, her death scene is all mic'd up and kind of projected to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I found it really funny. Hey, mate, what are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> and you hear her like dying over these speakers and the kids are all just like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but you very quickly get that, that Miss Caroline, played by Lupita Nyong'o, is... Um, takes this very serious kind of protective role for these kids. Mm. And there are some really good moments of that where she, like in particular, we should say like that happens. They're all running for it. Dave can't drive a tractor, but Felix knows how to, because he's obsessed with tractors. Um, yeah. He's telling him the clutches on the left. And they get back to this kind of souvenir shop where Jimmy, I called him Jimmy Giggles so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble from the ABC. Um, <laughs> it, it it did make me. It did make I, me. Wonder, I think I've already um, called him Jimmy Giggle once here. I've got Jimmy Giggle written here. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> Teddy McGiggle. <laughs> and and uh, and we we should we should explain for those people who don't watch uh, children's shows uh, that. Um, Jimmy Giggle is an Australian um, kids entertainer who He's did like stop... the Blues Clues of Australia. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and he has um, uh, he has retired now from the, from that. He did retire last year from from that role, which which also made me wonder: uh, is that why they used the name so similar? And was there some connection between between uh, uh, Abe Forsyth and uh, and Jimmy Giggle uh, and the ABC? Quite possibly. I, I should have looked into it. Um, I just, I, as I was writing out my notes, kept writing Jimmy Giggle and was just like, oh no. Everyone, I'm like, Jimmy Giggle is a dick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Giggle's really nice, everyone. Um, but Teddy McGiggle is a dick. Um, and yeah. he, he doesn't want to let them into the, um, 
into the souvenir hut, but Dave breaks in. They have a fight. Teddy McGill's crazy. And you know what that fight reminded me of? So that fight reminded me of the for Buffy Buffy fans out there. The um, fight reminded me of the slap fight between Xander Xander and Harmony in <laughs> in the fifth season of Buffy because it, <laughs> it was a very camp fight. Yeah, no, like th- these are two men who've never had a proper fight in their life. Yeah, like they they hurt each other. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Um, Teddy McGiggles like projectile vomiting at all different opportunities was just it was a lot yeah <laughs> and the uh, and that's right because the uh, yes the ball twists yeah <laughs> uh, but what we get is like Timmy giggles having a breakdown turns out is a total psycho and you know this job where he has to be around children all the time but also is getting the attention of many many mothers has like turned him into a bit of a kind of narcissist um and he's doesn't really want to help them but they get the kids all into the shack and he's having a bit of a breakdown and miss caroline grabs a piece of broken ceramic of some kind like a mug or something and like like a kind of super spy kind of thing (laughs) <laughs> has it like pressed against his side and is whispering to him, you know, my one thing is to protect these kids. And if you get in the way of that, I will take you out. And you're like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wrote, I, I wrote down in my notes in the, in this bit, uh, don't you wish Miss Caroline was your teacher? Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> we should yeah. add that she also sings Taylor Swift songs with the yes. ukulele, which I think is very important. <laughs> well, it, it ends up being this really important kind of, uh, this kind of device that they use because the reality is like, if you had kids in a zombie apocalypse, they'd all be dead. And this is the thing that kind of keeps them focused. And, and uh, she definitely runs a tight ship. And I think they established that well as a way of like, this is how we survived by keeping these kids in line. Like they all knew their rules and, she had ways of keeping their attention. Exactly, and I, and I it it did come out as a really kind of strong theme in the in the film that they um, the kids for the most part were kind of oblivious to um, all this killing that's going on uh, going on around them and people being eaten um, just by the fact that you know uh, Miss Caroline and Dave did really well of keeping them focused on other things. Well, and I guess we should talk about Miss Caroline being badass more. Um, what is actually starts out as a, a turning point for Dave is that he isn't taking his nephew's anaphylactic allergies seriously and gives him something with dairy in it, and Felix starts having uh, like an allergic reaction and, and is not doing okay. But they don't. Oh no! Yeah, he didn't listen to how to use the bloody. Um, yes. the EpiPen and he EpiPens himself. I know. How hard is it? Blue in the sky, orange in the thigh. I know. I remember <laughs> that. I, I hope that that was like correct as well, because I feel like someone's going to remember that one day and have to EpiPen someone. And like, if it's wrong, <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, but Miss Caroline's like, well, 
you know, I'll go out and, and save him. And he has a Frogsy backpack in the back of the tractor. So she, she is let out and she, um, braves the zombies and is like runs to the tractor and, and finds many, many, many Frogsy backpacks. Cause all the kids are obsessed with Teddy Big Giggle. <laughs> but on the way there, we get this really badass character. Like we should add, so like lots of things happen. They build this really well and I'm not building it very well. Um, but Felix was playing a zombie shooting game that Dave had let him play. And so he does that reveal of, oh, you got to shoot them in the head or, or chop their head off in order to kill them. So, uh, Miss Caroline is, is fighting the, um, these four zombies that have attacked her with a shovel and she manages to knock one of the, like slice one of their heads off and he goes down and she realizes and then she very quickly takes them all out. And beheads all, all the other ones. Yeah. All all off um all off camera as well, because clearly the budget wasn't there to <laughs> Yes, you get all these scenes of uh you kind of hear fighting and then you see a head roll. Yeah. It's <laughs> like yeah. But something and look, something I've talked about in previous episodes is this kind of great thing about horror is that you can do things without having to spend lots of money. It is a very accessible genre. I think lots of people think it would be a hard genre to, to make, but if you have a good understanding of the, the tropes and the formal techniques that horror makers use, you can create things without, like without lots of effects, without lots of uh, makeup. You, there are lots of ways to create a menace. And, you know, there are great horror films where you don't, really see them no. you never see and, and, what's coming and they are they are the films and because the uh, i always find that uh, the scariest things that you can see are usually the things in your own in your own head so mm. the uh, to me the horror films that actually work really well are not the ones that you know show you all the the blood uh, the blood and the gore and the um the effects is the, is the ones that are actually written uh, so well that what you imagine happening ends up being way worse than than what the filmmaker could have could have done uh, themselves with uh, with their budget, and that to me is kind of the, the really mark of a good uh, horror horror film when it just sends your imagination spiraling. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I I often feel there are horror films that are ruined by the reveal, mm. and it's like you could yeah. have, you could have just not shown us and we could have we could have filled that in and still done really well from here one of the big things we see is we've seen this turning point for dave he's starting to like take more of a owner take more ownership as he tries he realizes it's his job to protect his nephew but also all of these kids and there's that we start to see a bit more of that human element coming in, which is something that can happen a lot in zombie films where, you know, it's not really about zombies. It's about how people react in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I think what I like about this and something that's made it different is that, uh, having the kids there and like a big group of kids kind of changes the dynamic in a really big way that you don't often see. Um, and they're kind of them being oblivious, like the kid that really wants to play putt putt golf and just keeps getting more and more upset that they aren't going out to play golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does that at one point, he does that thing, you know, where like a 
kid of a certain age starts yelling and the yell turns into a scream and it just breaks you down. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but they do, they do, they do so well in this film, though, in just keeping that. Um, uh, I think going from the uh, the horrible scenes of the zombies outside who um, who are eating and we probably should get back to that the that you know the the kids that do get eaten are the uh the group of disabled um disabled kids who are in the farm who do get eaten and turned into into zombies but they do kind of keep doing this great mix of uh having these kind of intense scenes of either fights or um zombies and killing to just these uh these scenes with the kids that just kind of totally break away mm. from from that like in the in the fight between um josh gad and alexander england they go through like this uh this uh you know massive fight and they're you know throwing things at each other and throwing up and uh and uh uh ripping alexander's shirt off also also a good part of that scene and then the fight finishes and he finally you know kind of struggles up to the door and he opens the door and and felix is just like Oh hi, Uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that that great oblivious, you know, they're just like, yeah. oh, everything's fine. I think what's good is they find ways also to keep things moving. Like there is a mm. real risk that this had just become like it had stopped dead in its tracks, and we'd have like half an hour of like, oh my god, like why are we just following the kind of emotional turmoil of these people? They <laughs> they keep finding good ways to keep the plot moving. And, like, probably the big one is that uh, we get this kind of Operation Hailstorm. So there's, like, suddenly there's a reason that everyone's going to be like, well, they have to get out of there soon, so things are going to start moving. Um, although we should say before that, Miss um, Caroline does share her own story of how she came to be in Australia. And um, yes, <laughs> she chased her favourite band. She doesn't quite reveal who it was, um, but it was only... <laughs> Because she keeps playing Taylor Swift songs, and she says, and then Taylor saw me. He's like Taylor Swift. She goes, no, no, Hanson. Hanson. <laughs> Which I just like. I'm sure there. Are, like, I mean, Hanson was very popular, but this this idea that someone is like left stop, like essentially took money that their parents had put aside for their education, fled to it. Well, fled, hurried to Australia to break into a hotel room for fucking Taylor Hansen. Really? <laughs> Alexander England is right there. Um, but yeah, we're sort of, we get a bit, we get these beats to like understand the characters better. You start to see a bit of a like connection forming between these two. And it is ostensibly like, while it's a horror movie, it really is a rom-com. Um, and we, we, but we do get this kind of thing to drive the plot forward in that they need to get out of there. They're running out of food and we see that the military is um, going to blow everything up. Blow everything up as the Americans do. Yeah, very much <laughs> yeah. Their, their bag. And so uh, I guess um, we get Teddy McGiggle and Dave hatching a plan to get to the McGiggle mobile. Yes, which... Uh... Uh, Teddy McGiggle thinks the uh, the plan is worthy of him getting a blowjob. Yes, oh, yeah, and she punches him. Punches <laughs> him in the face. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a 
that was a really good moment as well where it's like he was so used to just getting whatever he wanted that he just didn't yeah. even think and this woman who had you know threatened to kill him earlier and he's like oh yeah that's worth a blowjob and you're like jesus man <laughs> we should say he's also he's getting drunk off metho yeah and then uh, hand sanitizer oh yeah oh that was yeah. that was hard to watch yeah Ugh. um in saying that he, so so he um they go out there uh teddy mcgiggle kind of goes on this rampage where he's like uh attacking zombie children with a swing set yes sliding down the slide and you're like just get to the truck what are you doing <laughs> although i have to say it was probably so the uh um uh lapita's fight scene um was a pretty good one where she beheaded the uh the zombies i have to say this was probably the funniest fight oh, yeah. scene because he was just basically going i fucked your mum and i fucked your mum and your mum. <laughs> uh, imagine if this was like some deep cut and actually Jimmy Giggle was like... <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, there is no proof of that. That is not a rumour. I'm not starting a rumour. <laughs> Jimmy Giggle seems very lovely. Um, <laughs> it's just unfortunate that I keep confusing the names. Um <laughs> He does eventually get to the the giggle McGiggle mobile and gets in, locks the doors, uh, just as as Dave shows up and isn't letting him in. In fact, he like flips the bird, but just as he does, uh, Frogsy the the hand puppet, who is treated <laughs> like his own zombified character, like pokes yeah. his head through the the back curtain and attacks him, and so Dave has to to run for something oh no dave ends up on the top of the the van and this is where felix goes out into the world dressed as darth vader yes darth vader yeah um <laughs> treating the putt putt golf stick as a lightsaber <laughs> yeah. yes and then using the force to put to uh, save the little baby goat. yeah saves the goat. he closes the gate except he's like using the force and the zombies accidentally knock the gate shut and he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> it is that is really nice this way that they kind of put this you know in a zombie film putting a kid in danger is kind of a bit of a no-no but they they do it in a way where you know he feels like he's invincible and he kind of is able to safely navigate them and it's it's you know yeah. it's you he ends up being the person that you're like you're really rooting for um but he also uh then because he's obsessed with tractors, gets on the tractor and uh, <laughs> knows immediately how to drive it. He's got the microphone. Yeah. It's Uncle Felix and uh, Uncle Felix, Uncle Dave. Um, and he's driving to save Dave, who's um, had a call from his sister, Felix's mum, dropped his phone. She's freaking out. Felix is on his way. Dave manages to roll off the, the um, van where the zombies just weren't at the front of the van. No, exactly because they're yeah they're they're very they're very stupid uh, zombies and actually I, I remember one of the lines from the uh, from the fake American military um, where where they go lucky the zombies are pretty slow and the other uh, officer goes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but we do end up with um uh dave getting instructions from from felix on how to drive the tractor properly which is really good but also we then cut to the remaining survivors inside this souvenir shop just kind of going oh i don't know what we're going to do there's no way out like what's the how do we survive this just as the tractor bursts through the wall first <laughs> which i have to say was a pretty irresponsible uh irresponsible move because how did you know there were not kids on the other side of that yeah, wall good point <laughs> yeah. very lucky yeah. uh but we then get the slowest pursuit ever as the tractor yeah. slowly goes down the road and the zombies are all kind of gathered behind following honestly this is the only part of it that didn't land for me was that they I mean, look i get there's this sometimes there's like a zombies have some memory of their life before um but they're playing these songs and like the the zombies are kind of singing along because they're all these childhood songs that they would know like yeah wheels on the bus and there, all of that there were a few things about that in that end scene that were i don't know a bit a bit manufactured like even the uh the the line from the uh, from the general who uh, when oh, they, yeah. uh, when they're coming up it's like no I can't shoot kids again yeah no it didn't that, that, yeah I think that was the one thing that like just didn't quite land at the end of it I should say it was still great and one thing I there were two things I loved about this one there was the zombie that had echidna quills all in his face yeah <laughs> which I, I thought was was quite nice. Uh, but also that Frogsy, the guy who, there was the guy who had the Frogsy sock puppet on his hand, who was a zombie, but also yeah. the Frogsy sock puppet was itself What's a zombie. A zombie. <laughs> and yeah. it, at the end, when the kids are let through and they're shooting all the zombies, the guy with Frogsy on his arm gets shot in the head. And then the next shot is Frogsy getting shot in the head. <laughs> I thought like <laughs> that little moment of comedy worked really well. I, I actually pro probably one of the, the best moments of this for me was the next scene where the general goes into the see the parents. Yeah. And the there's all the mothers who are just like deadpan, really really fed up and shitty and not not taking a bar of it. But my favorite part is when he's like they're teachers and one of the dad go, dads goes, "Miss Caroline?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so brief you almost miss it but you're like oh yeah like they <laughs> like they they just wanted one last joke about how all the dads are after her <laughs> i yeah. really enjoyed that <laughs> but it, it ends in a really lovely way oh should say that before they um before they all get bundled into the van there is a kiss between David. There and is a kiss. Miss Carolina um, Audrey, as we should probably call her in that context. Um, I almost could have done without that as well. Like I, I get it. It's a yeah. rom it's a rom com that's also a zombie film. But I was like, yeah, it was it was a very it was a very cliche um, kind of end of uh, you know <laughs> end of disaster kiss. Uh, you know, two main characters getting together and then uh, being coupled with the uh, the bomb going off and the explosion. Oh yeah, and it, was, it was yeah, kind of very very cliche. All these um, people were very comfortable with what looked like a mushroom cloud. Yes, uh, but we the final scene. 
And like the reason why the kiss didn't sit well is because I think this would have been a better kind of ending for mm. them. Yeah. The final scene is them all in quarantine with the kids, all dressed in grey trackies and playing Taylor Swift Shake It Off and singing to each other. And there's like this great moment of they're connecting and they're getting along really well and all the kids are having a great time and all the parents come in. Kat Stewart, by the way, her crying face sets me off. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, she walked in, she had this kind of, she wasn't crying, but she was like holding back very happy tears. And I was like, that was it. I was that was it for that was it that was it for me as well. I should and Kat does it really, really well. Yeah, I do um, remember her from um, Offspring as as well. Like she she can turn on the tears quite well. It yeah, like it got me. I like look. I guess we should say it's it's a good zombie movie, and it yeah gives us like you know it it is different enough to feel original in the genre exactly and it's uh and there are what i liked about it was um uh it's a very different style of uh zombie and there have been uh, and you see this from some of the zombie zombie films there's uh, you know there's so many zombie films out there and they do range from kind of the really really um serious and full-on zombie apocalypse um the story storylines to some of those really light-hearted uh ones in those uh, kind of comedic turns on um on uh the zombie storyline uh and i i like that this one's done really well and i like that it's an uh that it's an australian take as well because there were some very australian things in yes. uh in this film i have to say probably my top aussie moment in this was a japanese tourist being chased by a zombie koala yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. It's it's so funny because it's such a thing that we all recognize. Um, yeah. you know, Australia has this huge tourism industry and we're very close to Asia. And so we have this really close relationship with Asian countries. I do wonder in an American context like this going to America, does that translate for them or do they, because mm. there is a thing like Australia, the, the, the way that we kind of engage with those things, I think in an American context might seem harsher than we see it yeah yeah i think there are some uh there are some things in in this that i don't know how how well they would translate to an american uh audience like some of the um uh some of the stuff happening uh especially in the first few scenes before they kind of get to uh get to the farm and some of the lines that they've they've says you know like even yeah, you know, when he's walking through the the schoolyard and uh, and uh, he says, even the retarded kid is bullying you. Oh, and, yeah. and there are some of those lines that you kind of think you you well, probably like that, get that as an. This doesn't land here anymore as well. Like yeah, it's one of those things. I think it it only works because we're meant to think he's that Dave is a douchebag. Like yeah, and I I think if if that was to be played out as like a serious kind of we're making fun of that kid i don't know if like we're we're making fun of dave in that moment rather Mm. than the kid and i think that's the kid that's the key difference but it's also the thing that maybe doesn't translate yeah yeah no it's (laughs) i look i as a film i genuinely laughed a lot during this um yeah i think it it 
had a really nice balance between the horror and the comedy. Oh, I should also add the credit song was Mbop. Mbop, yes. <laughs> but they they really thought about it and you know, everything like everything was well thought out in it, I think is probably a, a really important thing to add. Um, yeah. uh, a couple a couple of things about the credit the credits um since you uh, you brought up the credits i noticed that um uh so alexander ringland and josh gad had stunt doubles lupita didn't really so she did that fight scene herself that's so interesting i guess they had more like getting crap like thrashed around and like they yes. were fighting each other but still like i mean i guess you know her um her black panther kind of training probably yeah <laughs> she's like i don't exactly. know stunt double <laughs> do i have to jump out of a plane what <laughs> um look i do have some questions to help us wrap up this what's the campus line or moment of this uh this film for you Oh, um, so I can't get past um, the fight between um, uh, Teddy McGiggle and um, and, and Dave. Dave, you know, yeah. because it was such it was such a, a camp fight. Except for sorry, the the um, other campus moments in the in the film was when uh, uh, Dave is helping. Um, Teddy McGiggle onto the roof of the uh, uh, of the souvenir shop, and Teddy McGiggle does the ass grab. I feel like I missed that entirely. He's <laughs> kind of coming up, and he just puts his hand on Dave's <laughs> ass, and I'm like, "You actually did not need to do that to pull yourself up." <laughs> no, that was a choice. Um, <laughs> is there a scariest moment for you? Um, I can't say that there is a um, a scariest moment in this film, so I'm going to go with instead the um, the best kill scene, and that was Teddy McGiggle getting killed by a zombie frog puppet. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty good. It's, it <laughs> is one of those ones like it, I don't know, like I never often for zombie films like you get scared when you feel like there's danger or that you you can't see a way out of it and i just never quite had that feeling um no the the only closest thing that i got to being scared for for someone or something was uh fearing that the little baby goat was going to get eaten oh yeah no that was scary (laughs) (laughs) uh so we do have a, a camp scary scale um this is a scale of one to seven from divine camp is number one pure terror is number seven uh, it's a scale of classification not a scale of value <laughs> but i would like to know <laughs> where would you put this film on the camp scary scale um considering this film uh starts with um uh starts with tay as they call her um and um singing her song and ends with umbop uh i'm gonna put it at the very camp scale so of a number one. one divine camp <laughs> yes <laughs> it, i think it does work that way I, I think that there are lots of people who would say oh, i don't do horror films but they could probably watch this and not not yeah. really there's never a moment where you'd be like oh my god i can't like i'm on the edge of my seat um mm. i think it very much 
is leaning into the campness of it rather than trying to lean into the horror. Exactly, and it just kind of shows, I think, how how diverse the horror genre is, and how much um, it kind of crosses over with other genres as, as well. Because you know, there's there's generally um, other themes in in horror stories, whether they, you know, a lot of times it is love, mm. um, you know, or coming of age, or um, in a drama, definitely um, action thriller. Um, and there is uh, a lot of crossover in the horror um, genre can be quite can be for everyone in, in that sense it's not just blood and gore mm. no absolutely I think it, it you know the whole whole reason I have this podcast is that horror is a very broad church and there are lots of people who say they don't like horror at all but actually when you delve into it there is there is a form of horror in their life, whether it's the Adams family or gremlins or it's, mm. you know, trying to think of Freddie could be Jason. It could be Michael Myers. Like there is horror in people's lives and people it's like talking about sort of how it exists on this scale is all about showing that it's, it plays this really big cultural role for a lot of people, you know, mm. and we all engage exactly. with it differently. And and you can tell that, um, and you know, this might be reading too much into into this film, but horror um, horror plays to our biggest fears, um, and and you know, a lot of the zombie zombie films do focus on you know, what are what are things that people fear and how can we bring them to to life. Um, if you look at this film, Dave's Dave's biggest fear at the start of this film was not zombies; it was having kids. Mm. And uh, and by the end of by the end of this film, he goes through that that big arc where um, where he's come to terms with actually you know, really liking and enjoying having kids kids around. Yeah, and he realizes that because you know I, we didn't really talk about this, but there's a an arc for him where he talks about his his own absent father and his worry that he would be an absent father mm. too. And, you know, at the beginning of the film, he was like his father. He wasn't someone who was present in the relationship um, and maybe didn't see that for, that he was doing that himself. Uh, so, you know, it deals with lots of things on lots of levels. This is why we love horror as a genre. Yes, exactly. Well, Dave, I want to say thank you for joining me. But before we go, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I do. I, I do have uh, something that I do want to plug. Um, so I'm also on the board of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. So I would say do follow the Melbourne Queer Film Festival because we always have some really great films, and there's also uh, always some uh, good um, horror films in that lineup as well. So follow up, follow us at um, MQFF on uh, Twitter or Melbourne Queer Film Fest on Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I can attest I've been to many a Melbourne Queer Film Festival and there's always some really good stuff there, including some very good horror. Thanks again for joining us. You can follow Camp Scary Squee on Instagram or Twitter by going to at Camp Scary Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email campscarysquee at gmail.com and make sure to rate and review Camp Scary and Squee so that other horror fans can find us. Thank you for joining us. And remember, don't scream. They'll hear you.